that your mouth? That was my mouth. That's weird. It sounded <laughs> like you were like hitting the top of a bottle or something. What in the world? I'm studying to be a beatboxer, Cam. I haven't told anyone this until now, but I would like to be. Is that something they teach you in beatboxing school? You got to know all the noises with the mouth, all the noises. Well, sure, but like I wouldn't know that that would be like one of the core mm. things that you'd have to learn. It's the first one. It's the very first one, actually. <laughs> oh, it's the first one. All right. Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, before we go any further, <laughs> this is the building block. This is the ABCs of beatboxing right here. Wow. And I am I am a star right now. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it. Congrats. All right, we got a movie to review, so we better get to it. And we've got a schoolyard pick to get to after this, so let's, let's move it. We got a movie. It's called Army of the Dead, written and directed and storied by Zack Snyder who directed 300, Watchmen, Batman vs. Superman, Zack Snyder's Justice League, etc., among many others. And Kirk, you, my friend, are doing the honors of synopsing this movie, which is available to stream, by the way, on Netflix. On Netflix, not HBO Max. Get it right, everybody. Get it right, Netflix. This movie is uh, it's got a lot of curveballs, this Army of the Dead, because you go into it, it's a zombie movie, but as we talked about, how do you make a zombie movie unique how do you make it stand out so it's not just people eating flesh over and over and over and over again you got to make cool kills you got to make unique kills this movie kicks off with uh basically uh the ground zero of how the the zombies happen basically they were already around they knew they existed we don't even know their original original source and they get broken out by just a bunch of dum-dums who are just speeding down the highway uh then they outbreak and they just start start taking people out and then at the core of this movie though after we see a montage of a of a team that we don't get to actually follow throughout the rest of this film we see uh that this becomes a heist movie in the world of zombies taking over the uh over the universe and really it's kind of isolated so that's a, a new a new take as well they haven't been able to get out of las vegas where they originally uh, escaped from this uh, horrific car crash that that happens at the top of this film so we go through this this heist uh, of uh, of getting back some money that's in the basement of one of the casinos and try to see if our team makes it out alive this group of hoo-hahs that are summoned to go on a trip for what was it 200 million dollars i believe 200 million bones yes and so that is army of the dead yeah a lot of wrinkles to this guy like you said it's it's uh I think the description on Netflix calls it like Ocean's Eleven meets Zombieland or something like that, which is a, it's like, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that, but it's, you could see why they would make that, that leap. But yeah, it's the, the fact that it's contained in Las Vegas is certainly an interesting wrinkle. The fact that it's a search and recover, search and rescue mission for some, for, for some money makes it unique in terms of zombie movies. So mm-hmm. it's got an interesting flair. Runtime is right around two and a half hours on this and uh like i said only available on netflix so if you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers you'll want to avoid this but go check it out on netflix and then swing back around to this episode so you can hear our thoughts on Zack snyder's army of the dead which will begin right now with our superlatives kirk we're going to kick it off with and the oscar goes to and that is for our best actor in the film kirk who are you giving it to Today, the Oscar goes to Dave Bautista. You know him best as uh, Mr. Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. His breakout role, he's been acting for a very long time, mm-hmm. but that is what brought him to everyone's uh, a household name. Uh, doing lots of other stuff, Blade Runner 2049, uh, yep. if that's correct, um, and just a whole bunch of stuff on his docket uh, coming up here soon. Uh, I thought he was great. I thought that the script worked against him a lot of times in this that to no fault of his own, that if he had a better structure, better, better direction, (laughs) the sorry, Zach, uh, that we would have been given a a more powerful performance by Dave Bautista. There were just, this film uh, seems like, uh, like maybe a a sixth grader wrote it. 
And and maybe they did. Maybe they wrote it in sixth grade and then they said, you know what? I've got this. I wrote this a long time ago and we're going to make this into such a fantastic feature film. Uh, I think that Dave Bautista really pulls it out uh, with with all of his tricks and he's really trying. He's trying to relate to every character in a different way, which is huge, finding different relationships and how they change throughout the course of a film. Uh, so Dave Bautista. Great pick. Great pick. Gotta love old Dave Bautista. He really is getting a lot of work these days, and I think that, that is a, a testament to, to who he is. Of course, he was a what was a WWE wrestler, Batista. Was it um, was it that or was it uh, MMA? Oh, was I it MMA? It might. Well, have been. they don't have weird names in MMA, do they? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about that world. Um, Here it comes in two thousand two. He became uh, SmackDown. Wrestler. You win. Yeah. You win. I was just thinking because his name was Batista. I'm like, they don't really give like weird names to MMA fighters. They because it's like real, right? <laughs> so they like use their real names instead of these like monikers. Yes, but he is certainly not the first professional wrestler to make the leap to acting because there's obvious synergies there. Um, but he is one of the most successful to ever do it. So, congrats to Mr. Dave Batista. I am going with uh, his co-star. Uh, Ella Purnell, who played Kate in this movie. Yes. Uh, she's Dave Bautista's daughter, sort of estranged daughter in a way. Uh, when the zombie situation went down and it happened in Vegas, which is where they're from, uh, their family was personally affected by it with the mother becoming a zombie. Dave Bautista has to kill her. It's a whole thing. Um, you know, sort of worst case scenario in the zombie apocalypse, but not something that's uncommon to see in movies like this. Um, as Kirk kind of alluded to, I feel like uh, the script doesn't do any of our characters a favor here in terms of character development is uh, pretty limited. Um, so with that and with the dialogue that, you know, dialogue is hard to write, no doubt about it. And especially in movies like this that have pretty wacky subject matter, but they definitely could have done better than what they did from a dialogue standpoint. But I just really thought that Ella Purnell did an excellent job of giving some emotion to this movie, giving some life to it. Uh, she had good range of emotions. She's sort of like, you know, working through a lot of stuff emotionally. And I felt like at each moment, her character was acting appropriately to what she would have been going through from a physical, mental, emotional perspective, which is really all you can ask from an actor. And I think it's especially hard to do in a movie that is so far displaced from reality, like a zombie apocalypse casino heist film. <laughs> um, so I give her huge kudos for that. And I thought she... I thought she really did an excellent job and was a standout amongst this cast of characters. Miss Ella Purnell. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's move on to our scene stealers. What was the surprise performance or the breakout performance or something that really just uh, sort of caught you off guard, Kirk? Well, I'm going to mention someone who's not been mentioned. Her name is Miss Ella Purnell. She is uh, just just a wonderful, wonderful actress. Uh, I'm glad to be the first one to introduce her name into the world. Uh, But she played Dave Bautista's daughter, uh, as Cam mentioned. She was great. Uh, I I did not expect her character to come into play in this film. I did not expect her character arc to be his daughter. We find out like maybe 35, 40 minutes into this movie that he has a daughter and it's Mm -hmm. her. I thought she was just another ragtag character that we were just going to follow. And then they connected her. Uh, I thought that was super weird. It kind of worked, kind of didn't. There's, there are bigger plot holes with, uh, with the opening montage uh, and the woman that we follow that gets smashed by that giant uh, storage container who does not end up being Ella Purnell's mother. And I'm like, wait, what was the point then to follow that lady if there's yeah. no emotional connection? Uh, so, but despite all of that, she really, she really keeps me, uh, kept me on my toes. Uh, she really was just uh, pushing this thing along, you know, throughout everything that was going on, the money heist didn't care that she was going to get some crazy, a crazy big payout uh, from that 15 mil that Dave Bautista just was going to hand over to her. She's like, who cares? I got to get this lady. That's my friend, you know? Uh, And at the end she stuck to her guns. It wasn't like they stumbled upon her. No, she, Ella Purnell went and found her uh, and she was able to uh, convince me uh, her passion to, to take care of people. Um, 
yeah, she's she's just some someone I did not expect to be this good in a zombie movie. Yeah. And I'm excited to see if she gets, you know, her her day in the sun. Because what what's working against actors these days is that because there's so much content, we don't really have that many superstars unless they just catch lightning uh with yeah. with a series that goes completely viral. Um and maybe this movie will for people. Uh maybe she'll be on a show that will, but that's that's the tricky part. I could uh if if the stars align, I could see her being a household name soon as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think that upside is there. I think uh she has potential. I think she's she had a lot of really good acting tricks up her sleeve. I was I was pretty impressed just from an emotional standpoint. Like um there's a pretty emotional scene with her and Dave Bautista towards the end of the movie where they're like, it's the end of the line for him. And so they're both crying about it, but he's like telling jokes and she's like snort laughing, but also crying. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's tricky stuff and, and nuanced stuff, but that those things can make a scene feel so much more human and just really help immerse the audience. And so thank God she was there. Uh, she did, she did an excellent job, honestly. Great pick. My scene stealer, I am going with an actor that I was not familiar with heading into this movie. A guy by the name of Matthias Schweighofer. For those yes. of you um, <laughs> for those of you who take German for four years in high school like <laughs> me, I'm just gonna drop that one on you. Schweighofer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Don't ask me anything else about German. It's all been suctioned out of my brain and replaced with <laughs> useless movie knowledge, probably. Uh, he played a character named Dieter who is sort of a pretty played out trope of like the eccentric skinny white foreign guy with a Eastern European accent who like is the specialist on something. And in this case, he's the, he's the code breaker, the safe cracker. So definitely a, a trope that's a little bit tired, but one that was, desperately needed to be in play in this movie because he provided some life. He provided some energy. You know, you would think a zombie movie and one of this scale and budget and things like that wouldn't need energy, but this one did. It, it needed it needed some life. And uh, our guy, Matthias, really brought it. He brought it. He was, he was fun. He, every time he got encountered with a zombie, he screamed at the top of his lungs, like super high pitched, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> if he ever like shot one with a gun, he celebrated and it was amazing. Uh, I just really enjoyed this character. It was one of the, the supporting cast was, was interesting and I don't feel like any of the characters were well enough developed, but a few of them took their opportunity and totally ran with it to make an impact on this film. And I felt like, Matthias Schweighofer was at the top of that list. Man, uh, you just said that with like such ease. I can't, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Four years of German, Kirk. It's not like I just woke up and, and learned how to say that. It's like, if that's all I can do after four years in German, that should be considered a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> um, all right, so that's our acting awards. Let's talk about the movie itself, and let's start with what we really loved about the movie, and let's go with Showstopper. Kirk, I want to know what it was about this movie that knocked your socks off. Yeah, I think the storyline, though it failed, <laughs> I think it's still unique enough, you know, because when we think of zombie apocalypse, we think of the world, done. Dunzo, you can't escape it. Uh, the fact that we had this new layer of no, they didn't get out. They are secluded uh, in in Las Vegas. They can't get out. We've trapped them for, in whichever way we we've figured it out. Uh, that and the you know we've there have always been different versions of kind of evolved zombies, but never to the effect of this this state uh the closest this comes to would be i am legend where we have like true like zombies kind of in love with each other but not literally so in love that they make a child and they have a zombie baby which i'm sure will grow up <laughs> to be the evil zombie king or queen in in the next iteration of this series so i think that the that that uh, that level of of storytelling to reshape the the zombie landscape, uh, I just never would have thought that that would have worked, and it did. Uh, so keeping them in captivity uh, and actually uh, containing them, uh, a and b, 
being able to uh, grow them in, in, as two different breeds of zombies. So they had your they had your standard zombies, they had your dormant sleeping zombies, and then they had these evolved zombies who were basically, you know, living living beings that could could actually connect to one another while they uh, killed any living thing in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some good world building uh, on the zombie landscape because, like you said, it's a genre that's been done and done and done again. Um, and there's always a new wrinkle. There's always a, a new play. So there's always some time at the beginning of these zombie movies where you have to kind of like figure out what are the rules of these zombies? What are the rules of this universe? Can they run? Can they jump? Are they afraid of fire? Are they slow? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can they learn? Can they talk? You know, and this movie definitely had what felt like a pretty unique approach. And I think... Like you said, if you just told somebody it's a zombie heist movie, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like that's cool on its own. That's a nice, uh, quick elevator pitch for for a movie storyline. So I think, yeah, kudos for the uniqueness. I like that one. Um, my showstopper, I'm going with, I think this movie had one of the best zombie scenes that I had ever seen in a movie, which is this scene where they are navigating their way through this zombie-infested Las Vegas, and they come into this dark building where the zombies are hibernating. Yep. And so they're like, listen, we've seen this before. They're hibernating. If we just like pass by slowly, uh, we can get through. And Dave Bautista's like, all right, I'll blaze a path. You guys follow me. And so he's just going through dropping these um, like glow stick markers, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. And it's a great scene. It's great. Uh Obviously, inevitably, the zombies end up getting woken up and you end up with them just surrounded by this massive zombie horde, which leads to tons of great zombie violence. Um, you, <laughs> the scene ends, ends with uh, one of the people getting taken over by the zombies and being like, go, go without me, you know, sacrificing themselves. And then the way that they get away from the horde is the gasoline tank she was carrying on her back for the helicopters gets shot by one of her comrades and it takes out a ton of zombies. Yeah. Um, the tension buildup to, like, you know that the zombies are going to wake up. The question is just how and when. And so the tension build is just really good. Uh, this is what you look for in a zombie movie. You want the big crazy scary scenes and this was really that scene for me i think it's the only one where i really felt actually tense in the movie but it was it was good it was a really good tense tense moment and uh i thought it was masterful i I really enjoyed it and the practical effects were were pretty good on the zombies as well so um yeah have to give it to that scene it happens about not even midway uh close to midway but a little bit before that in the movie so that's where the sort of the zombie violence peaked for me. And um, from there, there were definitely more big zombie scenes, but that was the one that really uh, stole the show for me. It was because it felt like kind of uh, kind of your your daredevil non Netflix scene where, where it just seemed like one seemingly long one, one seemingly, seemingly long shot. Yes. Uh, was it uh, Maria? Was it her character that just took down all those zombies? Is that right? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she just like went just one for one, just like taking them all out. And <laughs> they all start to like wake up one at a time uh, slowly yeah. because she bumped into one because like a trap was laid for her and she starts just like stabbing them in the head one yes. at a time. Yeah, she goes out in a blaze of glory, which is always what you want to see in at least once in the zombie movie. You want to see somebody go out in a blaze of glory, taking one for the team. And, and she did it in epic fashion. Beautiful choice. Beautiful choice. All right, let's go to the other side of the coin. Director's shoes. What is one thing or multiple things that you would change about the movie or notes you have for our director, Mr. Zack Snyder? Dear Zack, my name is Kirk, and we need to talk because there are <laughs> a lot of things in here that really are are troublesome. Um, this this movie, as it as it says, is Ocean's Eleven meets Zombieland. Well, if you have to advertise to your audience that you are just like another movie then you've you've made a mistake <laughs> because <laughs> that that shouldn't happen you should be setting the bar uh for what people compare you to to other other films uh so when we talk about you know i, I was excited about how it was a heist movie that's neat that it was contained but it also the the way that that this mimics the comedy almost beat for beat for zombie land is just not that 
not that super creative. Uh, you, the opening slow-mo montage after our initial uh, scene of the zombies getting uh, in, in being introduced to them, uh, it, it, it might as well could have just swapped it for the Zombieland intro. Straight and put, up. Put the just, big letters. Yeah, it's just Viva Las Vegas instead of the for whom the bell tolls. I think that's yeah. what they go for with Zombieland. Yes. It's, it's so, I was, I was baffled. I said, wait, is this really happening? Like down to every element that happens in that opening montage is just uh, so similar. Um, and the, the comedy, how, how they kind of set each joke up is very similar to Zombieland. So if you're, if you like that kind of humor, if you like that kind of direction, well, you need to find a way to still, build that but build it as your own it was painful a lot of the times to watch the dialogue uh throughout was just weak uh you knew exactly the line that was going to come out of the character's mouth before they said it uh just because it was that it was just it was it spiked and you were just waiting for them to hit it and it didn't it didn't land well though it didn't land well uh i could go on i could go on and on yeah. and, and speak and the last thing with that opening montage I thought that at least the payoff would be you see this woman uh, go and, and fight and battle these zombies and grow, <laughs> go through incredible things and survive incredible things and then just get smashed with some cheap CGI uh, with, with the storage unit. And then you then later on, I said this earlier, then that's not uh, our, our main character's mother, our main, our other main character's wife. Like, then you have to have us try to empathize with a different mother who was killed. Like, why didn't that connect at all? Like it made no, yeah. no sense. Uh, I really wanted to see that lady's journey because I was like, man, she's pretty cool. Like, let, let's go, let's go. And then nothing, nothing. It wasn't even a cool trick. So there's a lot of things wrong with this. Well, yeah, and to your point, like in, in in that scene, which is that montage, which is first of all extremely long, and also a straight ripoff of Zombieland. I cannot emphasize that enough. It is yeah. exactly the same. They even use that aesthetic of like the overly cartoony zombie slash people deaths, like somebody getting a shipping container dropped dropped on them, somebody getting blown to smithereens. Like it's overly. Uh, cartoony over like one guy parachutes down into a, a horde yes. of zombies and blood splatters all over the parachute like that aesthetic happens in that montage and then is gone for the rest of the movie so there's mm-hmm. no there's no real consistency there um yeah it's a good point i for me the big thing for me in director shoes there are a lot actually i i feel similarly similarly to kirk there are things that i could go on for a long time about but what it comes down to is attention to detail i think what i'm learning is i'm not a zack snyder fan which is okay i don't i don't have to be uh i i you know other than watchmen i don't know that there's a movie of his that i've really 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 enjoyed and thought was excellent um and even watchmen is a is a flawed movie from my perspective but there, so he has this reputation of being like the nicest guy ever, which is awesome. And I, you know, all power to him. Sometimes I wonder if it is affecting his directing ability because like there is, there are attention to details things where it's like, maybe he just didn't want to ask them to do another take because they're friends or like, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just like, yeah, that was awesome. Cool. Great job, guys. Love you guys. Awesome. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I have to find some explanation for it because I think his vision for me is always there, but it's always like half-baked. And this movie was no different. Like, there were so many things where it was just like, man, come on, attention to detail. Let's do better. Like, um, there was the scene where they first meet the zombie, like, queen and she like saunters away and her physical acting as she goes away is awful Mm -hmm. and totally kills the suspension of disbelief in the movie. And I'm like, dude, it wasn't even necessary to show her walking away. In fact, like we shouldn't have. So there's a thing like that should have hit the cutting room floor. Like let's attention to detail. Um, This aesthetic that you see next to my head right now with the pink letters and the cool, like animated, like I, was sold on this movie with that aesthetic and it's not anywhere in this movie at all. Like those mm-hmm. colors, the bright colors, the bright lights, the super cartoony like blood feel um, that approach is, I don't feel like is reflected except for maybe in that opening montage. So the consistency is not there. The attention to details, not there. Um, like you said, I mean, there were even scenes where 
you could tell Dave Bautista's like working through some tough dialogue, but also it's like, was that the best take? Or with any of the actors, like, was that really the best take that you guys could have gotten? I, I, I feel like it wasn't. I feel like that was a that was a lower level take, and we should have just run that back. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm starting yeah. to feel like the story on him is like he makes decent movies and doesn't make great movies, and mm. and and that's totally my opinion. But it really is how I'm starting to feel, especially after this one. So attention to detail could have really gone a long way for this one. And, and, and why, why two and a half hours? It didn't need to be it, it two and a half hours. And you're not going to develop your characters. Come on. No, <laughs> come on. Nope. It's too, it's too long. If you're going to, if you're going to make the movie that long and it's a zombie movie, develop your characters So we care to stick around to the end. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I barely did. If I wasn't, if I wasn't watching it for the podcast, I'm not sure I would have stuck around to the end to be, fully honest with you um, yes so yeah it, ha- it has it has some errors from my perspective let's move into final thoughts and scores kirk you have the floor my friend uh well you said it it was difficult to finish this one out i i think that i mean maybe this isn't the snyder cut uh maybe he got duped again oh. <laughs> and netflix uh tied his hands and held it behind his back uh, there are already two movies. One's, I think, in production, and one is already filmed uh, that is coming our way. One is a prequel with uh, uh, what was the German guy's name again? Dieter. Dieter. Yes. One is a prequel with him, uh, okay. and the other a prequel film with him leading a group of, I guess, Germans and other survivors. And the other one is with uh, Miss Ella Purnell, uh, which is a series which has a whole bunch of different random stars. I know Vanessa Hudgens is in that cast and it's a TV series uh, that he, that is already on its way. I don't see how they are sustainable uh, when the kickoff was not good enough in my opinion. So this movie, may it truly rest in peace and not rise again from the dead. I am giving this movie a 2.8 out of 10. Yauchi mamas. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a low, low score. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So not high praise from Kirk on Army of the Dead. Um, yeah. Let's take stock of kind of what we've talked about so far. I think for, for me, it's it's a movie that has just massive potential and upside. I, I dug the cast. I, I dug the aesthetic that I was seeing in the trailers and the promotional material. They really had me hooked. I, I was ready. I was excited. I love a good zombie movie. I feel like I was the target audience for this movie. And at every turn, it it, it failed me. I feel like it really did. I, I didn't think there was enough zombie action. I didn't think there was enough creativity with the action in the movie. I didn't think the heist uh, vibes were there. I would have liked just more attention to detail. Like make the dialogue a little bit better. Let your guys improv, get extra takes, uh, give it another few passes on the edit to take out things where there's weird physical acting. Why do we need to spend so much time super close to the zombies? That doesn't help us. That doesn't help No, you in any horror movie. The thing that you're scared of is going to look ridiculous if you dwell on it for too long. It's just, it's the, it's the nature of things. And we spent so much time with these zombies that with an hour left in the movie, I'm like, yep, not scared of these guys. Don't care. (laughs) You know, I just, I I was too familiar with them. And so it's, it's the things like that, that just honestly could have made this movie like three points better. Um, And I don't know if you heard Kirk, did you hear about the, uh, the dead pixels. What? So they're in this movie. It's, it's unclear at this point if it's a Netflix problem or if it is a production problem, but it appears from looking at it that one of the cameras that was being used in this movie had an error that caused a couple of pixels to be dead so that they are always white. And if you're watching it, you can notice it. And once you notice it, you cannot unnotice it. And it is horrific. Just look it up. Army of the dead, dead pixels. People are calling it army of the dead pixels. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty small and you have to be pretty eagle eyed to notice it, but it is one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. So again, attention to detail. How did we get that far along in production? If it really was due to the camera, how did we get it 
that far in production without noticing it. You know, like that's those people's jobs. So anyway, I've gone on too long. This movie misses the mark. It's a 4.9. It It is just entertaining enough to keep me around till the end, but barely, and it's it's not an above average movie. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving it a 4.9. And I think that's, I think that's nice, Cam. If, if we're being honest. So uh, that's that's where we're at on Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, available to sc- stream exclusively on Netflix. The the dead pixels is blowing my mind. I missed them. I missed them. So oh, I did not see it. I did not see it uh, the first time through. Um, just being fully honest, I, I, I tend to not pick up on things like that because – I don't know. I mean, I watch movies in 4K and stuff and I care about the picture, but I just am like not that keyed in on tiny pixels on the screen. But I did go back and watch scenes after I read the article and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so noticeable now and I cannot stop seeing it. So is it is it in every shot? <laughs> no, it's not in every shot. Okay, gotcha. The theory that I read on Reddit was that uh, Zack Snyder used three primary cameras for this movie and one of the three had the issue and the other two did not oh i know what i'm doing tonight that's fantastic (laughs) yeah it's it's something else it's 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 worth checking out okay let's let's change gears and let's do our schoolyard pick of zombie movies or tv basically the top zombie productions that we have watched and i get to kick it off because kirk kicked off our review with superlatives dang it all right, my first pick in the schoolyard pick of zombie movies slash TV shows is the 1978 classic George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I love it. I love, first of all, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there were more George Romero picks for me uh, in this list. I grew up with these movies. I love them. I have a cousin, shout out my cousin Zach, who just has always loved zombie media and introduced me to them at a youngish age and, and introduced me to them starting with George Romero, the godfather of zombie movies. He did Night of the Living Dead, 1968 classic, then Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 classic, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Island of the Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the one, that's the one for me. It's the one. And it takes place in a shopping mall. It's one of the most inventive, most creative things. It really just, it took the creativity of the zombie genre to the next level when people are like, ooh, imagine you are trapped in a, in a shopping mall during the zombie apocalypse. How would you use the gates on the on the stores? How would you use the security cameras in the control room? Just how would you use the merchandise that's for sale in the mall? Uh, just really creative. And I feel like this was the catalyst that made so many young horror film or aspiring horror film directors go, bing, what if we did this? You know, Mm -hmm. what if it was on a train? What if it was on a boat? What if it was all these different things? And so this is the movie, the zombie movie for me, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. It's a classic. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. My first pick is going to be The Walking Dead. Ooh, mm. love it. Mm. Lots of controversy with that show, but man, I I stick I stick with it. I stick with it to this day. I'm ready for the final season to come out. Um something about uh justice is uh rooted in me cam and when your central character is a cop living in the zombie apocalypse and trying to find his moral compass and what's good, what's bad, what mistakes he makes. I just attach so greatly to the Rick Grimes character. Uh, and, and I just, uh, I'm annoyed that he's not on the show anymore. But his his spirit just lingers on. It's like, all right, he's coming. Those movies are coming. Those Rick Grimes movies are coming. So I got to watch this stuff to get through it. And I just... I, I just have never seen a character dev through uh, a, a show series like that ever before that I was just rooting him on, even in his worst mistakes. I was like, yeah, you would make that choice because of this, this, and this. <laughs> That's right. You have to. You have to do it. Go ahead. Uh, so I think Walking Dead it is for me. Yeah, man. The, the first three episodes or the first three seasons of that show are really just great television. Truly mm-hmm. so entertaining. And Rick Grimes is a one once in a lifetime character. I love that character as well. Have to agree. 
Great pick. Uh, my second pick, I'm going with 28 Days Later. All right, all right. Just because I feel like this is the zombie movie that really, um, this was the modern zombie movie that made people really fall in love with the genre because it, it brought a new modern flair. Like it was a modern setting. It was, you know, it felt super realistic for some reason. Just the, the interpersonal dynamics of the movie felt realistic. It was scary. I felt like this movie was really scary. Um, and the fact that the zombies are like faster, they're, they're different. You know, they're, it, it just, this movie I feel like was a turning point for the genre and really opened the door for another generation of people to fall in love with the zombie subgenre again and to, think about it in a different way. And so I give the movie a ton of credit for sort of blazing that path. Beautiful. I'm going to go next with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. There's Edgar Wright. We were just talking about him earlier. Yes, indeed. Dude, this movie blew my mind because uh, in a couple of ways, I started watching this movie. I was like, oh, I was way too young, first of all, to be watching this movie. So I, I watched it. I was like, oh, zombies... They're, they're not all gore and then, you know, you get through some scenes like, oh, whatever. He killed him this way. That's funny. No problem. And then they get to the pub cam and Ooh. whatever age I was when they just rip, uh, rip that guy's insides out and they're like eating his intestines. And I was mortified. My stomach dropped. I couldn't sleep that night. Um, but then I watched it again and I said, OK, there are worse things in like dramatic uh, zombie films and so uh, I continued to to fall in love with that movie uh, the more and more I watch it and how creative it is and how uh, just spot on it is about about first of all uh, England uh, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> they just they just nail it and then second of all uh, zombies it's it's just very self-aware of what the genre is and what it can be so very nice very nice yeah that's a good one it's uh, it gets super dark at the end which is like Gets, it gets you, it kind of catches you off guard. You're like, ooh, uncharted territory. You know, I was, I was trusting you, Edgar Wright. I was trusting you with where we were going here. And now I'm like kind of scared. And then he brings you back. So it's, yes. it's an interesting one and, and a total classic. All right. My third pick, I'm going with George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the, the beginning, the beginning of it all. Uh, they're coming to get you, Barbara, with the, the graveyard scene where the guy's slowly moving around and they have their first encounter. Um, these zombies are what I always imagine the zombie apocalypse as. They're slow. They're scared of fire. You know, they're. It, it really is more about the interpersonal dynamics. You know, all these people end up in this house for different reasons because they're all avoiding the zombies, and it's all about how can they work together. And, and there's this slowly moving, you know, existential threat moving in toward them to take them out, and they have to find a way to work together it's it's those dynamics that make this genre really cool um and an ending that is a huge twist and definitely haunting um but one of the best one of the best ever Uh, it's it's a it's a one of those movies that's a great intro to horror if you have younger kids you know typically like I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old, they can probably handle this because it's 1968. It is still scary, but it's like, you know, it's not going to ruin their lives. Uh, but Or will it? Or will it? I don't know. It didn't for me, but you never know. Uh, it wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, gosh. No, we can't go there. But um, it's a great one, and I, I still love it to this day. I'm starting to realize how much of the classic zombie movies I have not watched because I'm looking at oh, my list man. here. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, I mean, still still great stuff going on on my list. But I'm like, yeah, I've never watched all of the zombie movies all the way through. Like, they're classics that you're, that you're dropping over there. So, Dude, this Halloween, Excellent. seriously, do yourself a favor and at least watch Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Those first two originals, mm-hmm. it's such a fun movie-going experience. Why wait to Halloween? Why yeah, not tonight? Yeah, you could tonight? do it tonight. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to watch zombie <laughs> movies. 
Uh, I got to give a big uh, shout out to uh, Netflix for its attempt at a new zombie franchise that I wish would have been more successful. It got canceled after one season. It was heartbreaking. It was called Daybreak and it was about a bunch of teenagers surviving in the, in the zombie apocalypse and all of the adults had actually turned into zombies. So that was a great uh, creative take. Uh, Only a few adults had not, turned uh and they they share some reasoning for that uh, in the show which i've since forgotten maybe that's why the show got canceled but i think (laughs) that it was it was so fun you talked about you know we were looking for these bright colors in in army of the dead this thing was just splashed with color Uh, the the whole series uh it was like um, it was like 13 or 14 episodes uh, and just really charismatic characters. Uh, very, uh, th- They broke the fourth wall all the time and different characters had the chance to break the fourth wall. So if you get a chance, it's only one season, but man, it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, it's got the guy who voiced Jake from uh what, what's the disney show jake jake and the neverland pirates right yeah, jake and the neverland pirates yep. yeah he was jake uh it's got uh matthew broderick is in it uh just just uh, some some big some big names uh that that come into here that really do a good job uh, so if you haven't seen it make sure you check it out yeah huge names jake and the neverland pirates that's uh <laughs> That's big. That's big time. <laughs> That's what floored me. That's the You're one. Like, like whoa, Matthew Broderick who rolled and... up the Brinks truck for this one, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, that's a good one. Okay, number four, my fourth pick. I am going with Zombieland. All right, love Zombieland. It's it's a classic. Woody Harrelson, man. This was this was his big his big. Return. This is one of the first movies people really got up close and personal with Emma Stone and got to see what she's all about. Uh, Abigail Breslin, Jesse Eisenberg, Bill Murray with a cameo performance of a lifetime. <laughs> yes. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's it's violent. It it holds up pretty well. Um, love Zombieland. It's it's a it's a classic. Is this my number four? Yes. Oh, this is not good because you stole one of my five that oh, I have. No. So we're just in dangerous territory here. Um, but I got to throw out uh, World War Z. World War Z with Brad Pitt. Uh, that movie gets a lot of flack because apparently if you read books, it's nothing like the book, which is pff, whatever. Losers. <laughs> Who reads? This is a movie podcast. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really exhilarating. I don't know how I would feel about it now. I've only seen that movie once in theaters. Uh, it scared the crap out of me because you know they have they have the sprinters the sprinting zombies in that movie and there's just no escape from that because they're uh they're powered by by satan undead evil uh that that goes faster than a human and usain bolt so uh, that movie pretty cool pretty great uh twist with the uh, uh people who are terminal they the the zombies don't want them so everyone injects themselves and gives them a virus how very topical of our current times (laughs) so i think that uh, that's going to live up on my list for a long time yeah people who like the book hate the movie um but if you haven't seen (laughs) if you haven't read the book no no problem just go into it like it's a it's a totally new thing and let's just point out if, if we had world war z zombies there's a zero percent chance humanity survives i mean i think we're gone in a day Yes. Tops. That's it. Just wiped out. Gone. Okay. My final pick. I got to go train to Busan. This is a, this is is. the the Korean zombie film that, uh, you know, people call it like the the snow piercer of zombie films for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. Uh, I think it's a little bit more complex than that. It's, it obviously is a zombie movie that takes place on a train. Um, which has some really fun, interesting dynamics that go on that. But it's also, you know, the story of a father protecting his daughter as he's trying to get her to her mom's. Uh, it's interesting. It, it's it's not that old. And I think they're making a sequel, I believe I read. Oh. Uh, so I don't know how that will work. Will it also take place on a train? <laughs> will it be called... Um, bus to busan or something like that no it's uh so i don't know there there is supposedly a sequel that's coming so um 
Oh, there is a sequel called Peninsula. Oh, okay. I don't know. I need to look. I I need to look more into this. But I thought there was either a. I thought there was either a new sequel or a video game or something like that coming out that is new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, it's a must watch. It's it's really fun if you like that sort of thing. If you're a big zombie fan, yeah. I I'm drawing a blank here. I I'm looking through giant lists of zombie movies. And I have not seen that many. This is kind of uh, this is a wake up moment for me, and <laughs> I really don't really know how to process mirror? this. <laughs> this is intense. I would say the only other movie that I know of that's zombie like uh, throughout these lists that I've actually seen and can speak to, which is not really a true zombie, but maybe it is, is. I am legend, you know? Yeah. Um, I think they're technically, I mean, they're like vampire zombies. Yeah. You know, they're not like true 100% blood. That's, that's all I can think of. And that's uh, basically a zombie movie though. Like in essence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. So, and I'm going to watch some more zombie movies. So the next time we do this, the next time a zombie movie comes out, I'll be dropping crazy weird (laughs) ones like, uh, like life with Beth, uh, and, uh, gallow walkers and hell's ground, all these crazy things that you can't imagine. (laughs) I can't imagine in, in Euchre. If you have a really good hand, it's a card game for the uninitiated, uh, you can go it alone. That's what I should have done for the schoolyard pick. I should have done. I should have picked for both of us and just gone by myself and been like, <laughs> pick number one for me. Pick because I got. I have honorable mentions. Even Kirk, I have more. Oh man, I'll, I'll give my honorable mentions too. You go first. Okay, uh, Day of the Dead is on my honorable mentions list. Uh, yes. Twenty eight weeks later, Warm Bodies is on my honorable mentions list as well. I mean, it's again. I didn't put it in the top top five but no. it is it is a movie about zombies it is this is true <laughs> <laughs> um what else did i have let me look at my notes that may be it yeah that's all i'm going to mention oh well mine uh my honorable mentions have to go to the vineyard dr butcher um mm-hmm. zombiethon uh resident evil uh Ooh, what else resident do we have? evil kirk yes of course uh we have also an honorable mention um legion of the night uh Dead Rising. I mean, how could you not think of these ones? Cam? Dead Rising I don't know. is a video game, isn't it? Scarier Die, uh, Wicked Little Things, Sugar Hill. I have all of the zombie. Oh, knowledge. there was there was a movie that came out pretty recently, a zombie movie that I've been wanting to see that uh, stars Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, oh, it came out in like 2019 or something like that. Okay, okay. That's called like Us. No, <laughs> it came out the same year as Us, though. Interesting. Um, what is it called? Like little people or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway. Little walkers? No, I don't know. Let me look it up. Sorry, this is bad radio. This is bad Oh no, radio. it's it's fantastic radio. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh. First person who, who figures it out wins. Gets a candy bar. Lupita, she was in twenty nineteen. Dang it, dang it. It's gotta be Little Monsters. Little I Monsters, right. yeah. Dang it, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, little monsters. So I need to add that one to the list as well. I need to go check that one out. Anywho, yes, don't, don't get confused with the like the 1989 uh, film with Howie Mandel and uh, Fred Savage uh, or Ben Savage. Uh, oh we called Little Monsters. Uh, although that's a great film. That's a great film right there. That there's no way. Howie Mandel plays a blue monster that lives <laughs> under uh uh, uh, be, uh fred fred savage's uh, bed it's it's crazy wow okay well good for howie mandel that's that's really something yes all right friends that's all we got for you uh thanks so much for tuning in we have next week we might be doing a double review kirk i don't i hate to break it to you but it's memorial day weekend and we've got cruella coming out yes all right and we've got uh Oh, Lord. What's the other one now? Oh, uh, A Quiet Place, part two. That's the other one that's coming out. So, yes. Um, Which neither of us have seen the original A Quiet Place. No, I have now. Oh, you have? How dare yes. you? Sorry. How dare I, you? I, I did watch it without you, but I had, to, I had to check it out. All right. Well, 
there. Uh, you have betrayed me once again. It's okay. I will. It's okay. But just just watch. I mean, I watched it like two weeks ago, so it's all good. You didn't um, even tell me. I didn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Am I supposed to be reporting back every film that I watch? Every single one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did not know. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> but we'll have to decide if we're reviewing one of those or both. I kind of feel like we have to review both. I don't know. Let's review five films in next week's episode. I mean, listen, we, if we need to go there, we'll go there. Uh, <laughs> so that's coming up. I've got the 52-week movie challenge coming up. I think that's probably going to start this weekend too, meaning I will start watching the movie that I'm going to watch. Um, the way that it's going to work with 52 week movie challenge, I've decided is that it's going to be a video series. Like I said, it's going to be short form videos and we are going to pick the things randomly uh, through a random generator, like which week that we're doing. And I'm going to let you guys, the listeners, the people who follow us on social pick which movie in this, in the particular genre I watch. So it's going to be fun. And then we can watch them together. Uh, well, separately, but together in spirit, and then we can get together and and uh, chat about them in video form. So yes. it's going to be a good time. And uh, soon, very soon, Spilled Popcorn will be coming back with our deep dive into Loki. We'll be following that series along with you. If you haven't gotten a chance to go back and watch our recaps of WandaVision and uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you first of all, if you haven't watched those shows, Watch those shows, but watch our recaps with it. It will enhance your experience. Yes. But also, uh, if you want to get caught up on where we're at in the Marvel Cinematic Timeline, uh, just swing back and check out those Falcon and the Winter Soldier recaps, and and uh, you can get right back into it. But that's all we got for you. We are going to close things out, as we always do, with our original music, which is by the band Rhetoric. Check them out on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, and we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Bye. (laughs) 